Hi, I'm Mark Woods, back with another Page One podcast, and today I have David Bauerlein, who's, um, it was about a week ago, I guess a week ago Sunday, that um, um, kind of Teresa Stepsinski had some, some big news in the paper that uh, First Baptist Church uh, senior pastor Heath Lambert had announced to his congregation um, plans to sell a large piece of um, this downtown property, which is in uh, you know, an iconic church and um, that has, is, is it 10 square blocks? I guess explain what explain what the news was. Right, it's really stunning, Mark. Obviously, First Baptist Church been an institution in downtown for 181 years, and it had, particularly from about the 70s through 2002, just grown in leaps and bounds in terms of building new buildings, even bigger auditoriums, parking garages, a four-story uh Children's Center and Welcome Center. So it was really one of the biggest investors in downtown over that period when a lot of people obviously were leaving downtown. Uh, but what's happened is they found it harder and harder for them to reach people because the suburban growth is pushing further and further away from downtown. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, they now say they have far more building space than they need, far more building space than they can afford. So they're going to really dramatically diminish their size of their footprint in downtown uh, by almost 90%. And they would really shrink down to one square block, which includes the historic Hobson Auditorium, Mm -hmm. which was, I think, opened in 1904 after the Great Fire of 1901. They'd have a parking garage there, and they would have an administration slash welcome center slash Sunday school all in that one square block. So it's, a, it's an incredible turnaround from a church that really grew and grew and grew and then hit a wall and now has been losing members and is having to really drastically readjust. Right. Um, you had – well, you've done a couple kind of follow-up stories on the initial news, kind of trying to give it some context. And you had um, – um, in Sunday's story, you had quite the anecdote where, um, you know uh, – Pastor Lambert has talked about the churches in a desperate season, and I thought that that's an interesting way to put it, but uh, the description that he told his congregation, if you can relay that one, that one's pretty powerful. Exactly. He he talked about how uh, on Monday, the day after they had their big services on Sunday morning and Sunday evening, uh, obviously each that's when the church committee gets together and they go through the collections and they see how much money they have generated in terms of offerings and from the congregation. And so he would talked about how while that was happening at one part of their campus, he would be in his office uh, on the floor just praying as uh, a minister would in that circumstance that there would be enough money coming in from the congregation and from people there at the worship services to cover the cost of their paychecks. Right. Really basic nuts and bolts stuff of keeping the church operating day to day. Uh, so, and he talked as well about, uh, he basically told everybody there that if in the month of July you had $1 in your bank account, you had more money than First Baptist Church had because they were essentially, as fast as the money was coming in, 
that money was going out to pay their bills. And maintenance is so, a huge, huge part of the equation, right? They're saying their annual maintenance cost is about $5 million a year just to maintain, upkeep, or try to upkeep their buildings. Right. Uh, even at that amount, they're saying that they're still falling behind each year. Right. And that it would be, I think, uh, somewhere in around $72 million over six years of what it would take if they wanted to keep their buildings, get them all up to speed, have them all ready to be used for another generation's that would be a really big cost for a uh, a congregation that's already having some problems adjusting to right. a, a smaller base of of uh, members. So, is this a is this a sign of you know a national trend? Is it related to kind of mega churches? A sign of downtown churches? Uh, it, it I'm assuming it's not just a First Baptist Jacksonville. Um, church issue. Yeah, that's my understanding is not and that it's it's more the downtown churches that it really took the mega church model that are really feeling this squeeze. My understanding is a lot of the mega churches were built from start in the suburbs, mm. probably where they have a lot of room to expand. And they're already out where people are growing and that's where the bedroom communities are, that's where the residential growth is. Uh Downtown's a different story, I think, in terms of uh, having to accommodate this population shift. So uh, one example that was given to, that I heard about was uh, First Baptist Church Atlanta, which is led by a very well-known pastor. Uh, his name escapes me at the moment, but mm-hmm. basically it's somebody who's seen on TV, a best-selling New York Times best-selling officer. Obviously a really strong church, but they decided back in the late 90s we're moving. And so they mm-hmm. moved up to the next county to the north off an interstate highway. And they've been very successful with that move. Hmm. Uh, the other one, Daytona Beach had a case where their church this year, their Baptist church, is going to be opening west of Interstate 95 and leaving behind the downtown campus that they've had for a century. Right. So there's definitely a trend there. Uh, it was interesting in the Sunday paper that uh, another reporter, uh, Beth Cravey, had a story about a a Catholic building downtown, and they were looking at a, what are we going to do with this? You know, we've had it for many, many years, but it's not the best location possibly. And it's not a church, but it's being used for church related activities and social services. So there's it's happening here in Jacksonville in more ways than just uh, First Baptist Church. Um, and yeah, so this is uh, the part that will be for sale is 12.2 acres and 15 parcels is that correct that's right yes so um you know the one of the questions you asked and i guess there's no answer to this yet but it is the question is um one of the questions is will this lead to more vacant buildings downtown or a new wave of growth and you had um in their uh, 2017 study by jesse ball dupont foundation um that's found in a 631 area acre of downtown one out of every city seven buildings was vacant so um so yeah we don't obviously that's already a concern and so what is did you reach a consensus on which you know obviously one of those would be bad we don't want more vacant buildings downtown but if this led to somehow a spark of something new it potentially could be something good so what um for for downtown what uh, what do you think the consensus is or is there one well, the, uh, the Downtown Investment Authority is 
bullish about it, seeing that they feel like there's a big area where a lot of blocks are contiguous, and that's something a developer could look at and say, aha, I've got a, a grand plan, and this is a perfect location for it. Uh, the church uh, pastor said Sunday evening they had another question-answer session. He talked about the idea that, well, maybe we won't even need the loan because we've gotten a lot of interest in calls the past week. Mm. Now, whether that's really pans out into actual offers, uh, that would remain to be seen. Um, I, the con- I worry that it's just going to be more empty buildings because there's already, if you drive around the north bank of downtown, there are a lot of empty buildings. In a lot of cases, they're buildings that were built for one use, mm-hmm. and that use is no longer was no longer there. And uh, you know, for instance, there's a Jones Brothers building, which possibly is going to get renovated into apartments, but it was built for a furniture company sales. Then that furniture sales stopped at that mm-hmm. location, and it's been vacant for many many years. So. I imagine it'd be hard to take a, some church buildings and then just flip a switch and it's converted into some other type of use. Well, yeah, um, and it might not be, as, as we've seen, we've seen a fair amount of demolition. Right. That, it might be that, that somebody viewed, I guess what makes this different than some spots is, as you said, a, a cluster. They're not, not all of the land is together, but it certainly is a lot of it would be together, right? Absolutely. Uh-huh. And if you go a little bit further, just next to the First Baptist Church campus, there's the big JEA block, which right. is two of their towers. They've also got a parking garage where they're obviously looking to sell their property. So you could even potentially have an even bigger area right. that could be a boom, <laughs> or it could just be a, a yeah. big black hole in the middle of downtown hmm. with a lot of just empty buildings and not much street-level activity at all. And, and some of the things, you know, people are just trying to be, think of what potentially, so none of this is obviously a long long way away, but uh, ideas included college campus, medical innovation hub, um, more housing, definitely, obviously, um, housing is an issue um, downtown and around all over town. Yeah, if you think about it, the Laura Street Corridor is what everybody's been talking about for years. So that starts where the Jacksonville Landing is. It's going to get demolished and something's going to happen. And then you've got blocks and blocks of a pretty active downtown. Uh, the Laura Street Trio, Barnett Bank, those have been looked at renovation. Then you have City Hall. You've got the Museum of Contemporary Arts. Then you get to where the First Baptist Church campus is. It seems like that would be a pretty good natural evolution. You could have something there that right. would kind of connect to everything else on Laura Street. Uh, Lori Borier, the DIA chief executive officer, talked about, oh, wouldn't it be great if you could have, like, the Savannah College of Arts and Design come mm-hmm. here? Well, they have satellite campuses. If they looked at that property and said, you know what? All we have to do is change the signs, and there you go. That's perfect for us. Hmm. Well, that would be great. I mean, what a fantastic addition that would be to downtown to mm-hmm. have all the vibrancy of students uh, living downtown and going to classes and eating downtown, all that kind of stuff. So right. possibly there's some big, maybe it could be one big uh, large user comes in and says, great, and leaves the building as it is. But that's hard to see how it could happen. Right. And maybe it makes a demolition and, and reuse. Right. Um, so, and then back to thinking about the church itself in the future. Um, so obviously it is, e- even though a lot of that future is in, 
the suburbs in Nocatee. I was biking out that way, and I hadn't even seen the the big Nocatee expansion, which looked looked very like a very nice facility. That's part of the future, but it's not just leaving downtown because the way you know the we are the largest city in the you know in the lower forty eight. It wants right. that centrally located, and it has. Have you, have you ever? We were talking about this before. You've never been in Hobson, the the old. I haven't been in Hobson Auditorium, which is uh, it's designed by Henry Clutho, which is a really famous architect who did so many other buildings downtown. I've seen pictures. It's really a pretty spectacular looking building inside. They're obviously going to have to expand it and add more seats. Uh, they've talked, I think, a second balcony level as well. It's a historic church, but it's not. It doesn't have a historic designation. So they have a lot of flexibility in terms of what they can do without having to get permission to change stuff. Uh, but that would be the main hub with 1,000 to 1,200 seats. Well, right now they've got 3,000 members. That's the thing. you got to remember, it's still a big church, even if it's a Definitely. smaller church. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how many. They'd have to have multiple worship services on Sundays. And then their idea is, one of the questions that's come up is, what do we do when we grow? Mm-hmm. You know, And the answer is, we're going to sort of take a bunch of people and say, will you go out and basically start a church for us in this area of the suburbs or that area of the suburbs mm-hmm. or in other counties even that are adjoining the Duval County? And that would be the growth plan would be we're not going to build, expand downtown anymore. It is what it is in terms of that square block. Mm-hmm. Any future growth is going to be out in other areas where there's a large cluster of members already that can then build a church kind of like the Nocatee model where right. obviously there's going to be a lot more rooftops there a lot more potential to right. attract potential church members so explain to people where hobson is located so they can maybe visualize sure so it's right behind on the back side of jacksonville city hall which mm-hmm. is the historic saint james building it's uh, right next to the Skyway, so it's kind of an interesting right. site, you know, right? This historic church next to the Skyway. Um, so it's along Church Street, fittingly. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so it's uh, – and it's got – it already has a parking garage, uh, so they would leave that parking garage. It's got several administration buildings. They would sort of knock down the front portion of one administration building, and they'd build a new welcome center, which kind of would have a little bit of a – sort of a more modern design, sleek design. And then uh, they go in and gut out all the other buildings. So it is very close to a lot of historic properties in downtown. Uh, I guess if you're someone who loves preserving history and historical architecture, and there was one building you would not want to see Hmm. torn down that First Baptist Church and its campus has, it would be that building. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to – I've been in the – the big auditorium, um, and I was telling you at one point, former pastor Jerry Vines kind of walked me. Th- I mean, that's right. an, that's an, as someone who grew up, I don't know what my dad's church was uh, a couple, a few hundred seats. <laughs> right. That that auditorium <laughs> is just overwhelmingly huge. Yeah, you have to have a massive congregation to support that. Right. Um, so yeah, but I have not been in Hobson. I'd love to. It sounds like a beautiful place, and and there's definitely so much history, as you mentioned, St. James Building now, you know, City Hall, and um, so it'd be interesting to see um, if this is a you know obviously if this is a negative for the church if they, it's 
become something positive in that that facility and that uh, this new model where it takes the First Baptist Church. Um, yeah, I saw that you had a quote in one of your stories where um, Pastor Lambert said the goal was to make it one of the most beautiful auditoriums in the country. So. Well, absolutely. Uh, you know, they're going to spend $30 million on a one square block. They're going to be doing a lot of work there. Um, it would be kind of, uh, from what I've seen, obviously it's a church that's got the big stained glass windows. So I guess you kind of have a combination of a church where if you're inside it, you know, there's these stained glass windows surrounding you. Uh, and then there would be a stage, and that's where you might have contemporary musicians up there. Hmm. So it have a sort of a, a Mix interesting of an old and you know, new, yeah. combination of uh, influences taking place at the service. Yeah, um, I, I, it's supposed to be done by the middle of 2021. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it'll be fascinating to see what it looks like. Uh, it'd be great to see some do some photos before they start, because right. kind of before or after in yeah. terms of the transformation that takes place there. Well, we definitely have some. Because once upon a time, downtown was such the heart of the city, and there are, you know, I don't know, half dozen churches downtown that are these beautiful historical buildings. That um, I, when I did the walk across Jacksonville and did the downtown walking tour, there were uh, several of them that I had not been in before. They're just my jaw dropped when I walked inside so um that's definitely a you know even i know some people we you know we want a more uh vibrant entertainment downtown and those things but a a special piece of downtown are these old historic churches the 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 physical structures that are down in the middle of downtown absolutely absolutely and i don't know did they do the stained glass differently then i don't know but when you go into like i was in the first presbyterian church when they did a memorial service for charlie towers who was a long-term member mm-hmm. and it was just yeah the the inside of the church it's just the way they were built uh you know the sunlight streaming through the stained glass windows uh, obviously the tall steeples you know you never see those on new churches right. but it has a certain sort of uh almost picture postcard feel yeah. to some of those churches in downtown and they are pretty much all kind of within a close walk of each other so, uh, you know, you could almost imagine if Hobson does get, if, you know, we assume it's going to happen, but they got to right. get a loan, they got to get a lot of the moving pieces put in. You know, that'd probably be a pretty fun walking trail where you could go and check out each of those churches and kind of walk in and sit in a pew and kind of feel what it would have been like, really, to have worshipped 120 years ago yeah, in the middle of downtown Jacksonville. You definitely could put together uh, quite the walking tour down there, so... Um, well, thanks, David. Yeah, it, it's lots of good follow-ups in the whatever, a little more than a week that this has been news, and um, look forward to seeing what where it goes from here. So uh, David's story uh, was in Sunday's paper and is still on jacksonville.com, so check it out, and thanks for being on the Page One Podcast. Thanks, Mark. <laughs>